Justin Trudeau made a splash when he wore some uh, Ramadan-themed socks at a uh, Toronto at the Toronto um, Gay Parade, um, and this also is also the time where Ramadan is kind of wrapping up. So he figures he would kill two birds with one stone by wearing some hilariously chic, multicolored uh, Ramadan socks. Um, so they are multicolored, which means they kind of go with the um, the gay pride decor, which is um, uh, the rainbow colors. Uh, these socks were also um, rainbow colored, and they um, say in Arabic, Eid uh, Mubarak, which is uh, marks the end of uh, Ramadan. Now, Ramadan uh, is a holiday in Islam, and it also coincides with the Ramadan uh, Bamathon, which is over now because uh, Ramadan is over. And in the name of Islam, there have been 174 attacks and 1,595 deaths um, during Ramadan in the uh, in the war, uh, also known as as jihad. And that is the jihad is the war against uh, non-believers and moderate Muslims to convert them all into a a type of a type of a Sharia following uh, bunch. Now, oddly enough, gay pride is not celebrated in uh, Muslims and Muslim countries. Uh, they tried to do one in Turkey, which is. Uh, famously the most moderate of the Islamic countries and uh, in Istanbul Istanbul and it was um, it was canceled by authorities so I think uh, Trudeau and wearing these socks is trying to have his cake and eat it too um, in uh, liberalism liberalism is really a hierarchy of victim groups and so Muslims are in there with gays, and he's trying to please both at the same time. But there is a a natural clash because in Sharia Sharia law, it says that uh, gays should be um, murdered. I don't know if in the Quran it says how creatively they should be murdered, but ISIS is taken to throwing gays off uh, bridges. Um, in Saudi Arabia, gays are executed in the public square, and in Iran, they're they're hung from cranes. So, um, and this is all all fine to the majority of uh, gays that march in gay gay pride parades because gay pride is um, also a uh, turning into a bit of a, a liberal parade and an anti-Trump parade, and instead of instead of looking out for uh, gay interests, uh, which would be to, for instance, have a travel ban because uh, more more people from Islamic countries means more Sharia law, which means um, you know more anti more anti gay uh, thoughts, more anti gay feelings, more anti gay attacks. Um, we've seen this in uh, in in Amsterdam where. Gays are not even comfortable going outside holding hands. Like before in Amsterdam, Amsterdam used to be just this 
this liberal mecca of um, hope and change. And now it's, you know, if you go outside in Amsterdam with your partner and you're holding hands, uh, you could get your ass kicked. Um, like if you were walking through the ghetto in Baltimore or something. Uh, it's it's gotten bad and, and importing uh, people from these countries uh, that support Sharia law, that have Sharia law, which is uh, every country in the Middle East will increase the violence against gays. I mean, we've already seen it in Orlando uh, where um, 49 gay people were murdered in a jihadist attack uh, during Ramadan um, and uh, over 50 were injured um, and it you know, it took the police like three hours to take the guy down. Um, so I have here an article in the New York Times. It says, Dutch men hold hands in solidarity with attacked gay couple. Um, so it's, let's see, we have, it says from, and I'm quoting the New York Times. It says, from Amsterdam to New York, London to Havana, Dutch men across the world held hands this week to show solidarity with a gay couple who say they were brutally beaten in Arnhem, the Netherlands. Um, the outpouring of support came after the married couple, uh, Jasper, Verns, Suretin, and Ronnie Suretin Verns, said they were attacked by a gang of youths while holding hands on their way home from a party early Sunday. So... I don't know what's happening in the Netherlands, why the Dutch are all of a sudden so anti-gay uh, and they're beating up gays. Um, so I'm looking down here. According to this statement, the Arnhem police posted on Facebook, the two said they had been attacked by men wielding bolt cutters. One had some of his teeth smashed out. Okay, so they're men and they're teenagers. Prosecutors said five teenage suspects would be charged on Thursday with serious bodily harm. Okay, the authorities are still investigating the motivation. Okay, wow, so there's some mean-ass Dutch teenagers with some bolt cutters kicking the shit out of gay people. Uh, Amsterdam, the capital, has been a haven for sexual minorities for centuries and has marked itself as the gay capital of Europe. Okay, so I'm, I'm going through this article. I'm on the seventh paragraph. Okay. Um... Uh, Let's see. The attack comes as the country has been grappling with growing anti-immigration sentiment. That's weird. I thought it was a bunch of Dutch teenagers with bolt cutters. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. They were, they were Muslim immigrants, um, migrants, or refugees. Now, you notice that the refugee population is mo mostly um, men. And in the UK, they want to go back to, they want a holiday in Syria, probably to take some of that welfare money back home to their family. So they had solidarity, lots of gay guys holding hands. Um, and nobody seems to be addressing the problem, which is uh, 2 million people from from countries that, religiously follow uh, Sharia law. So there was a time in um, in uh, in the West where the most 
you know, the most the most natural political foe were Christians and um, fundamentalist Christians. But uh, gays now have the right to marry. They have, uh, we have, um, I should say, uh, the right to marry. We have um, um, all all rights that straight couples have. Um, now the most natural political foe would be um, migrants coming from Islamic countries who would wish to do harm uh, to the gay population. So now in, in Amsterdam, um, which used to be a freewheeling place for sexual minorities, is now becoming um, extremely dangerous. I don't know how many headlines uh, how many headlines with gay people getting attacked um, before uh, the, the political leadership will do something about the uh, a migrant crisis. Now, uh, Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada, uh, took issue to a uh, Discover Canada booklet, which is a citizenship guide that said, um, Canada's openness and generosity do not extend to barbaric cultural practices that tolerate spousal abuse, uh, honor killings, female genital mutilation, forced marriage, or other gender-based violence. Now, Trudeau um, took issue with this because he did not think that uh, gender, genital mutilation, honor killings, and gender-based violence uh, should be described as barbaric. He felt that um, the Canadian Citizenship Guide should um, try to be a little bit more neutral. But how can you be neutral when you're talking about genital mutilation and uh, gender-based violence, beating women, uh, in Pakistan, they passed a law uh, that is a, basically a, a guide to uh, spousal abuse. I mean, these are things that cannot be tolerated in the West. And if you, you know, if you try to have a multiculturalist society, which means you bring people in from other cultures, and you don't try to assimilate them at all into the broader culture, uh, you're going to have huge clashes and the tool will be violence and suicide bombing. And in America, we are occupying ourselves um, with who is going to make, who will make whom's, whom will make whose cake. Uh, will uh, a Christian baker make a gay, uh, a gay couple's cake? But um, if the Supreme Court rules in this matter, they're going to have to consider that are you going to have then are you going to force Muslims to make cake for gay couples, um, which is against their religion? Would you would you force um, Muslim to make a cake with Muhammad on it? Um, I mean, these are these are the kind of questions that'll come up, and if if the Supreme Court rules um, in favor of the gay couple in this case. Um, what will the what are the further ramifications? I mean, it could get pretty ugly with you know going to a a um, 
a devoutly religious Muslim's bakery and trying to get them to make a cake for a gay wedding, which would be a stunt. Similarly to this case, which was um, also a stunt, and also the, the pizzeria case was a stunt. The, um, you know, as a news reporter went to a uh, pizzeria in Indiana and asked him, you know, would you make a, uh, would you make a, uh, would you cater a gay wedding? Now, it's unfair to Christians because they have, especially devout Christians, they have their beliefs and you're just kind of knocking your head against the wall trying to get them to change their mind. But on the other hand, you have people that are coming into the country who actually want to kill us. So you have to ask yourself, what is the, uh, the, you know, the greater threat? Now, for um, those that don't know, the, um, the U.S. Supreme Court is hearing a case um, of a suburban Denver baker who refused to bake a wedding cake for a gay couple um, because uh, the baker is saying it's against his uh, Christian religion. It's a, it's a bakery called Masterpiece Cake Shop. So the uh, state courts have ruled against the businessman um, and the Supreme Court will decide whether whether the Colorado baker making the cake for a gay wedding would um, being forced to do that would violate his constitutionally protected um, Christian beliefs about marriage. All right, and so here I had um, I had uh, my producer uh, splice a uh, splice a clip. Um, uh, this is actually a local news report about the case. This is before it went to the Supreme Court. Marriage. The wedding cakes at Masterpiece Cake Shop are detailed and attractive. The conflict between some customers and the owner has become ugly and complicated. That we close down the bakery before we uh, compromise our beliefs. He says he doesn't believe in gay marriage and refused to make this marrying gay couple a wedding cake. We've already been discriminated against there. We were already treated badly. A judge ruled that a business owner cannot refuse service to a customer on the basis of sexual preference. And that decision was upheld today by the Colorado Civil Rights Commission. The owner says he will now no longer make any wedding cakes. What if somebody comes in and orders cupcakes for a gay birthday party? If it's uh, just a birthday, I have no problem with that. I my issue is that I don't want to be forced to participate in a same-sex wedding. This commission is also ordering the baker to submit quarterly reports on who he refuses to serve and how he retrains his employees to serve all customers. At the moment, I'm just completely overwhelmed in emotions. For David Mullins and Charlie Craig, today is a very sweet victory. The next time a gay couple wanders in there asking for a wedding cake, they won't have the experience that we have. So the question that I ask is, who's, who's, who is the most inconvenience here? I mean, you have, um, you have millions and millions of, <laughs> or thousands and thousands of bakeries that will, will make a wedding cake for anybody because, uh, because they're overpriced and they have a big profit margin, um, and 
this fellow believes in his heart of hearts uh, against gay marriage, um, an antiquated belief, um, uh, hopefully one that less and less people will have. But um, he's been forced to go against his conscience. Like, I mean, can you think of another group that maybe, what if, you know, I was talking to Alex Danger and Alex Danger said, well, what if uh, somebody comes into your uh, into your bakery and they want to say um, death to blacks, uh, KKKK rules or something like that, you know, or uh, or it's a not even that it's just a cake for a clan rally, and um, and you don't you don't support that and you don't believe what they believe and you think it's offensive and you don't want your uh, you don't want your you don't want to be involved in any way uh, with that or similarly what if this guy um, had to make a cake for a uh, for a for a mosque that was known to preach um, hatred maybe not in the United States but there's actual cases of that um, in the United Kingdom where there are mosques that are known to produce terrorists um, that have not had um, have not been shut down so now this this baker he can't make any wedding cakes at all which was probably a huge part of his business um, and he's been slandered in the press so if you would for a moment I'd like you to um, consider the situation in Canada compared to the situation here with uh, Donald Trump in Canada. You've got a guy uh, wearing Ramadan socks to a gay pride event. It's you know nothing to see here. There's no there's there's no conflict between unrestrained migrations of uh, Islamists and gay pride and then you know in the United States we have the Donald who's um who's taken the travel ban of seven um, Muslim countries to the uh, Supreme Court so uh, he's won that case uh, he's you know the United States will now start banning uh, people traveling from those countries um, the Supreme Court put a caveat in it that if the uh, people that are traveling here have a um, have a uh, close relationship or family tie with somebody in the United States, they'll be allowed into the country. Um, but otherwise, they'll be banned. Which you know, I don't know. Most of us who travel, they don't have experience with this. But um, I have had secondary screening. Um, you know that process is is a little stressful, um, so they'll probably have to go through uh, secondary screening and um, give the customs officials all kinds of information about who they're going to see. Um, I think that is is fair considering um, the level and hate for the West that come from those countries. Now, the Donald had an interview. Um, on Fox and Friends, uh, where he's talking about his his uh, his health care bill, um, and uh, he was asked about uh, 
resistance to the bill by um, Elizabeth Warren, and I think this, when she hears about this clip, she might have to poke her head out of her wigwam. Um, take a listen. They want. How do you overcome that when someone like Senator Warren, literally Elizabeth Warren, literally says people are going to die because of President Trump's health care bill? Well, I actually think she's a hopeless case. I call her Pocahontas, and that's an insult to Pocahontas. I actually think that she is uh, just somebody that's got a lot of hatred, a lot of anger. She's got a lot of... Uh, a lot yeah, Elizabeth Warren is going to be um, doing some kind of war dance now um, when she hears about that, that the Donald is reviving... Um, reviving the, uh, the the Pocahontas name, or uh, he might not be because it's an insult uh, to Pocahontas. Now, the, um, the left is coming out big league against this health care bill, um, ostensibly because uh, it's a major part of uh, Obama's legacy and in an in an unprecedented way, Obama's uh, coming coming out of the woodwork and 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 attacking the current president, which is something that uh, in the past presidents have not done. Presidents have not come out of retirement to attack the current president. It's something that is um, incredibly tacky. But of course, Obama's doing it, and um, uh, largely he'll probably get a free pass. And Obama said, simply put, if there's a chance you might get sick, get old, or start a family, this bill will do you harm. And small tweaks over the course of the next couple of weeks, under the guise of making this, these bills easier to stomach, cannot change the, fundament, the fundamental meanness at the core of this legislation. Now, I don't think... Obama read the bill. I think he just assumed what was in it and um, decided to say something about it because this is at the core of his legacy. And if you see what Donald Trump is doing, Donald Trump is unraveling everything that Obama did. Um, just uh, last week, uh, Trump Trump is uh, rolling back the um, the opening of the uh, of travel to Cuba. Uh, which was one of Obama's big, uh, big legacy moves. Uh, JFK famously closed the uh, closed the borders, closed travel to to Cuba, and Obama uh, opened them up some sixty years later. So it is um, getting a little weird. Um, in Germany, the German police on uh, Tuesday raided the homes of 36 people accused of uh, quote-unquote hateful postings over social media, um, including threats, coercion, and incitement of racism. Um, now, most of these people were um, right-wing, and only two were left-wing. And um, so basically, they're getting put in jail for expressing an opinion. Now, the Germans haven't done this um, since the Nazi days, and this is an, 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 an extension of um, making certain opinions illegal in Europe. For instance, um, if you express uh, 
if you express a disdain for um, the importation of certain ideas of Islamic extremism, that kind of thing, into uh, Germany, you could be put in jail. In Canada, you can be um, arrested for not using the correct gender pronouns, and the gender pronouns don't necessarily mean um, them or his or her. Uh, you can be compelled to use pronouns that don't even make any sense, made-up pronouns, and if you uh, do not, if you do not use those pronouns, you have to face something called the uh, Canadian Human Rights Commission, which is a kangaroo court outside of the normal uh, Canadian justice system. Um, so in uh, in Canada, uh, there is no free speech, and uh, as I said before, there's something called the. Um, Ontario Human Rights Commission and uh, they're actually trying to compel um, speech that is uh, say what people can and can't say and uh, I have a, a clip about a, a, a bill uh, it's called Senate Bill C-16 on the Ontario it's about the Ontario Human Rights Commission uh, compelled pro pronouns I guess uh, related to um, a person's identity. Precedents, policy precedents already established by the Ontario Human Rights Commission. So when I looked on the website, I thought, well, there's broader issues at stake here. And I tried to outline some of those broader issues in the initial, you may or may not know, I made some videos criticizing. And sorry, this is uh, Jordan Peterson, who's a... Um, who's a university uh, professor and a psychologist and somewhat of a YouTube star. Bill C-16 and, and a number of, its, uh, of the policies that surrounding it. And I think the most egregious elements of the policies are that it requires compelled speech. The, uh, the Ontario Human Rights Commission explicitly states that refusing to refer to a person by their self-identified name and proper personal pronoun, which is the pronouns that I was objecting to, uh, can be can be interpreted as harassment. And so that's an exp that's explicitly defined in the relevant policies. Um, so I think that's appalling, first of all, because there hasn't been a piece of legislation that requires Canadians to utter a particular form of address that has particular ideological implications before and I think that it's a line that we shouldn't cross. Um, then I think that the the definition of identity that's enshrined in the surrounding policies is um, ill-defined and poorly thought through and also incorrect. Um, it's incorrect in that identity is not and will never be something that people define subjectively because your identity is something that you actually have to act out in the world as a set of procedural tools which most people learn and I'm being technical about this between the ages of two and four. It's a fundamental human reality. It's well recognized by the relevant say developmental psychological authorities. And so the idea that identity is something that you define purely subjectively is an idea without status as far as I'm concerned. I also think it's unbelievably dangerous 
for us to move towards uh, representing a social constructionist view of identity in our legal system. The social constructionist view insists that human identity is nothing but a consequence of socialization, which is, which, and, and there's an in, inordinate amount of scientific if you, if you see this clip, it's uh, Senate hearing on Bill C-16. I think he almost said bullshit there. Evidence suggesting that that happens to not be the case. And so the reason that this is being instantiated into law um, is because the people who are promoting that sort of perspective, or at least in part because the people who are promoting that sort of perspective know perfectly well that they've lost the battle completely on scientific grounds. It's implicit in the policies of the Ontario Human Rights Commission that sexual uh, identity, uh, biological sex, gender identity, gender expression, um, sexual proclivity, all vary independently, and that's simply not the case. It's not the case scientifically, it's not the case factually, and it's certainly not something that should be increasingly taught to people in high schools, elementary schools, and junior high schools, which it is, and it is being taught. I included this uh, cartoon character that I find particularly reprehensible, aimed obviously at it as it is at children somewhere around the age of seven, that contains within it the implicit, the implicit claims as a consequence of its graphic mode of expression that these elements of identity are first canonical and second independent, and neither of those happen to be the case. I think that uh, the inclusion of gender expression in the bill is something extraordinarily peculiar given that gender expression is not a group and that according to the Ontario Human Rights Commission it deals with things as mundane as how behavior and outward appearance such as dress, hair, makeup, body language and voice which now as far as I can tell uh, open people to charges of hate crime under Bill C-16 if they dare to criticize the manner of someone's dress which seems to me to be an entirely voluntary issue. So. Um, I think that the Ontario Human Rights Commission's uh, attitude towards vicarious liability is designed specifically to be punitive in that it makes employers responsible for um, harassment or discrimination, including the failure to use uh, preferred, preferred pronouns. They have vicarious liability for that, whether or not they know it's happening, whether or not the harassment was and whether or not the harassment was intended or unintended. Right. And so I'll stop with that. Thank you. So um, in Canada, you can be compelled to say something or you can be compelled to call somebody um, by a preferred pronoun. Um, and the pronouns aren't necessarily he, him, they, them. There's uh, any kind of pronoun that, uh, that they can choose. And in Germany, um, you can get put in jail for uh, posts. Now, in the United States, um, it still seems like we have a degree of freedom, um, especially um, on the left, the, um, the uh, you know, actors like uh, Johnny Depp can uh, threaten the president's life, and it still seems to be allowed. So uh, the effect on people, if you start arresting people for what they're posting, what they're saying, um, if you're skewing towards a uh, certain ideologies, like if it, it, 
most of the arrests in Germany were right-leaning. So the effect on that, which is similar to what Obama did in the uh, with the IRS attacking uh, groups that uh, were more conservative and not allowing allowing them to have a tax break, why would allow uh, groups on the other side to have a tax break by actually um, targeting groups and citizens with the IRS? What it does is it shuts people down and it shuts shuts people up, which is extremely dangerous. If you want a, f a, a fair political system. And so any mention of any mention, any controversial things that you might say about millions of uh, migrants coming into Germany, which is completely affecting their culture, um, it's ca causing people to become um, murdered in terrorist attacks. And most of the migrants are met a fighting age. They're not uh, women and children. They're mostly men and they're economic migrants. Um, they're not fleeing oppression. They're there to get money so they can send it, um, send it back. Or so, you know, they, they're shopping for countries with the best uh, welfare system so they can take the money and send it home, which is at least logical. But the danger is, is that we're also getting um, jihadists and jihadist sympathists. I want to thank you guys for listening to Jeff Danger Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Danger. Um, please feel free to email me at uh, Jeff Danger Radio and also uh, email me if you want to be on my uh, email list. Um, also, I sometimes I post videos to my YouTube channel. It's Jeff Danger Radio. Um, so I want to thank you guys for listening, and I hope you have an excellent rest of your week.